This is episode 49 of Garner's Greek Mythology. We have listeners from all over the world, so welcome to everyone wherever you are. I'm your host, mythologist Patrick Garner. If you need more than a podcast for your Greek mythology fix, go to my website at patrickgarnerbooks.com. Check out my four novels about the Greek gods. My stories are set in the contemporary world, but the gods in these best-selling books are their typical manipulative selves. As a listener, what you need to know is that, at last, there are new compelling stories about the gods. And yes, I'm actively looking for your support. Commercial sponsors want to be part of these podcasts, but I don't want them here. When you purchase a book, you'll help keep these podcasts going. Now, on to the goddess of fortune. Let's take our time machine back to 400 BC. Life was uncertain. You never knew what to expect from day to day. If you lived after your ship was dashed against rocks, you would blame the event on the goddess Tichi. If you wrestled in the early Olympic Games and won handily, you would thank Tichi for your luck. If you were a girl whose parents had chosen a wealthy man to become your husband, you would gratefully thank Tichi. By 500 BC, most Greeks attributed luck, chance, and fortune to this goddess. She became so popular that dozens of Greek cities adopted her as their patron deity, hoping that the good fortune might come their way. We've discussed in earlier episodes that the Greeks were superstitious. It's safe to say, amazingly superstitious. Along with their belief in supernatural causes for most events, they assigned almost all incidents, good and bad, to the whim of the goddess Tichi. The Romans believed in her, too. They adopted Tichi into their pantheon when they conquered Greece, renaming her Fortuna. We, of course, derive our word fortune from Fortuna. This goddess was not one of the Twelve Olympians. Perhaps fittingly, no one really knew her origin. She was the daughter of the titan Oceanus, or Prometheus, or that she was Zeus or Poseidon's daughter. And because she represented fortune, whether good or bad, she was, in many ways, a perfect divinity for the times. After all, Greeks believed that fortune was accidental. Life itself was like the throw of dice, except the Tichi determined what numbers came up. I should mention that Tichi worked in opposition to the goddess Nemesis. Today we think of Nemesis as being someone's enemy. But to the Greeks, Nemesis was the goddess of resentment and retribution. She was also a goddess who valued balance. While Tichi often spread chaos by being arbitrary, Nemesis sought to counter her actions. Today we still seek balance. One way to express it is by wishing someone enough. 
There's a popular story of a parent wishing a child enough sun to keep a bright attitude and enough rain to appreciate the sun even more, enough happiness to keep the spirit alive, and enough pain to magnify the smallest joy. They may wish a child enough gain to satisfy wanting and enough loss to appreciate what's in hand. Finding balance is always difficult, and Tichi and Nemesis were always in a divine wrestling match. Temples honoring Tichi were found throughout Greece. Sacrifices and prayers asking her forbearance were common. Pindar wrote a prayer to her in which he pleaded, Daughter of Zeus the Liberator, Tichi, our savior goddess, your hand steers the ships of ocean on their flying course and rules on land the march of savage wars. In time, she was believed to bring more good fortune than bad. An anonymous poet about 2,600 years ago wrote, Tichi, you sit in wisdom's seat and give honor to mortal deeds. From you comes more good than evil. Grace shines about your golden wings. Consequently, Tichi became the guardian of numerous new Greek colonies, and to hedge their bets, the colonists often erected shrines that combined Tichi with other goddesses. For instance, in the town of Diana, a statue of Isis Tichi was excavated in 1979. This Double goddess held a horn of plenty, a symbol of prosperity. Bronze statuettes of Athena Isis Tichi were also common throughout the ancient world. In these instances, the wisdom of Athena, the benevolence of Isis, and the good fortune of Tichi were combined. It was hoped that these triple goddesses would be far more powerful than a statue of Tichi alone. Still, the belief that Tichi spread bad luck persisted. In the 6th century, Aesop, in one of his fables, wrote, A farmer had started turning the earth with his plow when he saw treasure suddenly spring into view from the depths of the furrow. His spirit soared as he abandoned the lowly plow and drove his oxen off to other pastures. He immediately built an altar to the earth goddess Gaia worshipping her for his wealth. But while the farmer was rejoicing in his new circumstances, the goddess Tichi was indignant that he had not considered her equally worthy of incense and offerings. She thus appeared to the man and said, Instead of making an offering of your new-found wealth in my temple, you are sharing it with other gods. Yet when your gold is stolen and you are stricken with grief, then you will blame me in your despair. In another of his fables, Aesop writes, A workman had thoughtlessly fallen asleep one night next to a well. While he slept, he seemed to hear the voice of Tichi, the goddess of fortune, as she stood there beside him. Hey, you, the goddess said, you'd better wake up. If you fall into the well, I'll be the one that people blame. 
giving me a bad reputation. I'm tired of people blaming me for everything that happens to them. Today we might say that Tichi was a bit touchy and sensitive to criticism, but we could also say she brought it all on herself. Of course, as we discuss Tichi, we can't ignore the fates, the three sisters who determined every human's fate. Let's be clear. The Greeks viewed fate and fortune differently. As you'll recall from previous episodes, the fates essentially decided everyone's lifespan. At each person's birth, the fates determined the years they would live and then let the clock run. But what happened in between? What events transpired to that person, whether good or bad, was Tichi's choice. If you were in a small village on the sea when pirates attacked, your fortune had been determined by Tichi, not the fates. If you were captured by soldiers and enslaved, that too was Tichi's doing. These were day-to-day events, and she was believed to regulate each. And another fascinating point, she, like the fates, was more powerful than Zeus or the other gods. She toyed with events in the gods' lives. As commonly as she did humans, the gods trusted her no more than men and women did. When Hephaestus was thrown off Olympus by the goddess Hera, it was not his fate as much as it was his misfortune. Tichi made it so. When the mighty titan Prometheus was tied to the cliffs to be punished, Zeus could be blamed. But ultimately, Tichi had okayed the sentence. On a whim, she might toss you to the sharks roaming the Aegean or, as likely, grant you the vast fortune of a king. Yet whatever her actions, she was largely indiscriminate, detached, and unemotional. She simply did as she wished. An example of how she could be utterly disinterested, or or more accurately, aloof, is illustrated in one of the most famous moments in the tales of the gods. You'll remember Persephone, who was the goddess Demeter's daughter. She was captured by Hades and taken forcibly to the dark underground. There she became his wife and the queen of that forsaken place. The Greeks regarded her as the queen of death. Her capture by Hades happened one lovely afternoon as Persephone and her friends picked flowers. As she later explained to her mother, we were playing and gathering sweet flowers in our hands, soft crocuses mingled with irises and hyacinths and rose blossoms and lilies, marvelous to see, and the narcissus, which the wide earth caused to grow yellow as a crocus. What was shocking about the event? Tichi was there among the girls, playing along as if she was innocent. Persephone was her friend. Yet suddenly Lord Hades swept in on his chariot and scooped Persephone into his arms. She screamed and fought against him, but her resistance was to no avail. Her fortune was to become his queen. Tichi watched the event unfold. She could have intervened easily. She was, after all, more powerful than Hades himself. 
yet she did not. Her friend, the young, beautiful Persephone, was taken by force to the world of the dead. If anyone had asked Tichi what she thought, she might have said, Oh, that's just the way things go. The Greeks couldn't figure her out. They partially rationalized Tichi's actions in later years by claiming she must be blind. They said that she couldn't see what resulted from her choices. A Roman writer, Apuleius, says in his book The Golden Ass, Learned men of old had good grounds for envisioning and describing the goddess Fortuna as blind and utterly sightless. That goddess, I muse, ever bestows her riches on the wicked and the unworthy, never favoring anybody by discerning choice. Worst of all, she foists on us reputations at odds with the truth, so that the evil man boasts in the glory of being honest while by contrast the transparently innocent man is afflicted with a poor reputation. Later in the same book, Apuleius writes, But truly, if fortune disapproves, nothing can turn out right for any mortal, and neither wise planning nor shrewd remedies can overturn or reshape her choice. These ancient authors paint a rather dismal picture of the goddess, blaming her for misfortune and ill fate. But at times she was the cause of immense success. The constant battlefield victories of Alexander the Great were attributed to Tichi. Once Alexander had conquered the known world, she, considered his patron deity, became even more popular. One early writer said, Alexander's achievements were splendid. Let most of it be put down to Tichi, who clearly favored the man. After his victory, shrines and temples to the goddess sprung up all over the region, and Tichi's fame spread. But that was long ago. Is any of this fortune stuff relevant today? Consciously or not, we still use the ancient phrases. Think of how often you hear someone saying, just blame it on misfortune, or she had a stroke of bad luck, or the opposite, it was pure luck. These phrases are all as ancient as Tichi herself. When they were uttered by the Greeks 2,500 years ago, the Greeks did so thinking of the goddess. Today her name has largely been forgotten, but her actions, her Seemingly random choices for each of us go on without missing a beat. And even today, many of us seek to know our fortune. You still see signs advertising fortune tellers. Horoscopes and astrology remain popular. We flip coins to see who wins. Tarot cards continue to be shuffled and interpreted by thousands every day. There are Ouija boards and games of chance. Even the ancient goddesses who walk among us now in their disguises try to dodge the whims of Tichi. In my third novel, Cycladic Girls, the goddess Temessa pulls a tarot card from a 
pocket in her blouse. The card is the Wheel of Fortune. She says to her guests, It predicts that all happiness ends in ruin. Everyone sits in silence. Yet her lover, Io, snatches the card from her hand. She holds it aloft a moment, then says, Only fools use these for divination. Our happiness has no end. With a flourish, she dips the card into the flame of a candle and allows it to burst into flame. Io, of course, burns the Wheel of Fortune card in an attempt to thwart Tichi's random, often thoughtless actions. My novels are filled with similar moments. Gods and goddesses in these books are seductive, seditious, and highly dangerous. They maneuver and scheme. They're tricksters and traitors. None of them trust each other. They appear and disappear at will. They seek love and answers to the great questions we all seek. In so many ways, they're no different than you and I. What does differentiate them is that they outlive us. Their immortality can be an advantage. It can also be a handicap. How? They have far more years to wonder who they are, to ask their purpose, and to hold eternal grudges. <laughs> Talk about a setup for new and exciting plots. Until now, their stories have gone untold. Scholars insist these glorious beings are all imaginary and nothing more than metaphors. My opinion? Don't believe it. Join me for the next episode of Garner's Greek Mythology and visit patrickgarnerbooks.com. The website includes information about my books, this podcast, and artwork that includes the Greek gods. There's even a little book for the children in your life called Read Aloud Stories for Young Listeners. For those of you who also love to listen, go on audible.com and find my novel Homo Divinitus. It's part of the Nexus Quartet, which includes The Winnowings, The Clatter Girls, and All That Lasts. Homo Divinitus, like my books, can be enjoyed without reading the others or even knowing much about Greek mythology. By the way, the name Homo Divinitus refers to the divine branch of our human family tree, the Greek gods, of course. As I always say, they're here now. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Patrick Garner. <laughs>